talk about that. You know what I mean? Because I'm so many. I'm in the. I'm in the streets. Okay. Yeah. It, it sounds so lame when I talk about the streets. <laughs> it sounds so bad, but like I can't stop making fun of myself talking about the streets. I respect real street dudes, yeah. but I think it's funny for me to talk about the streets <laughs> because say. it's hilarious with for somebody with a lisp to be like, "Come on, dog!" <laughs> like out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't know what we was doing. There's just a lisp and a spit flying. Yeah. It's just like damn, like damn, you didn't you didn't take advantage of those speech classes. I don't know if that's. I think some people are just born with lisps, and it's cool. No, nah, it man, it's know? never cool. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, <laughs> I don't know why we always like. Why do we do this lead in? Like you didn't come to listen to this Pivot. podcast, and we're just Pivot talking. Into it. We're just some guy. We, we want it to seem like we're we're we've been here. You know, like we're gonna end the we episode, have. and we'll still be here. Talking, we're just still you know exist I mean? always on this uh, Zoom call. And you're just tuning in to to this portion of it, mm-hmm. right? Where we'll be and it's like, oh, and then you become aware that the listener is now in the room with us or in the car with us, wherever you may be, and now we've got to do what we've promised them, a la the title, and then we uh and then we continue to go on and they just Wait. tune in. You Wait, let me I mean? do this. Wait, here we go. The title. The title. Indian removal. <laughs> Indian removal. Which, the, Indian removal. That's another thing. I don't know why we always introduce. Like, today we're talking like, about this. It's like, yeah, dumb shit. That's, what the, that's the what the name of the thing is. They understand is. that because they came here. So you guys <laughs> that's obviously what came. it says. <laughs> you guys obviously came here because you're in it, the genocide? No, I'm joking. Not it'd joking. be wild if, if we named it, named, you know, Indian Removal Act and then was like, all right, today we're talking about Suleiman the Magnificent. Yo, what time are we going to do You're that? ready? We're just going to fucking, we're going to switch it up. You know what I mean? We're going to talk about some. We're going to we're gonna name it really something interesting. Like, you should be like, oh, uh-huh. we're doing a three-part series on Hitler, and it's just yeah. somebody we actually <laughs> want to talk about that's actually fucking interesting. Yeah. Not just the same old trivial fucking bullshit. History Channel bullshit you guys you know, want. he was on meth. Fuck like, that. Yeah. No we shit. get he was on. He was uh, Matthew. He was a vegan. He had sex sometimes. Come on, uh-huh. big dog. We know. But what? But what about Mo, Mobuto Sesuko? Come on, what brother. About Mobuto. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Man. Come on man. All right, but guys, today we are here to do Indian removal and the Trail of Tears, um, and you know, of course, talking about Indian removal as the cause of the Trail of Tears, mm-hmm. um, the actual policies that America and administratively kind of. Uh, forced upon natives, peoples, and, and all over the country um, to send them on the trail of tears. So um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Don't make me laugh. I'm laughing I'm at sorry. Henry's face. I'm I, not laughing at the trail of tears. I was just. Thinking, I want to make that clear. I want to okay, make that clear. Yes, no, I want to make that clear. That I was not laughing at the trail of tears. I was laughing at Henry's face. What are you? What? Why are you making funny faces? I remembered that, like, when I was in elementary school in Wisconsin. We had to do, we learned about the Trail of Tears. And for whatever yeah. reason, we were like drawing it in art. That's not good. Art that's class. not good. That's not how, that's not how they want to be remembered. That's they what don't I'm be saying. A, that's so, not how they want to be remembered. And I that's drew not. like, a, like a, a bunch of natives like on the trail and one of them was like crying. And so somewhere okay. out there is just trail like a tears. drawing. Yo, of mine that I hope no one ever finds. I, I really hope that, that Native shit. Americans don't you know, believe. I in hope like they burned it. <laughs> some type of like, 
like when they draw you, your soul then appears there. Yeah. I hope they don't believe in nothing like that because that because that would really That'd suck be to be encapsulated. I in blame like the art teacher. Wisconsin, you know, I blame uh, American public. I blame Wisconsin public education. That's what I blame. Okay? Wisconsin, Wisconsin. That's what you're seeing here. I'm I'm a product of Wisconsin elementary public. Peshtigo Elementary and repping the pesh. All right. Okay. Nobody wants to. Hear <laughs> <you>. <laughs> all right. We, we've been off. We've been going. Too okay. Okay. All right. All right. So we're doing uh, any removal trail of tears and to kind of understand the the place that we're talking about, the the geography of the place that we're talking about. We need to talk about. We're mainly going to be focusing on the southern tribes. Um, otherwise referred to by white peoples of that time as the five civilized tribes. Uh-huh. These were the people indigenous to the southeastern uh, southeastern United States. This is going to be, we're going to talk about the Creeks, Choctaws, Chickasaws, Cherokees, and Seminoles. Um, all those five tribes kind of descend from uh, from a, from a, the Mississippian culture, which is a ancient Native American culture uh, that kind of, was part of that kind of took the southeastern United States and like the Midwestern United States all along the Mississippi. Um, it's also like you ever seen Henry ever seen like History Channel where they do like those fucking those fucking uh, there's like big mound pyramids that nobody has next that people don't really know about. Hmm. There's like big mound pyramids that are particularly I think belong to the Mississippian culture. Yeah. They're like massive. The this this culture has like had roads and like towns are they, are they and still farms. Around the pyramids? Yeah. The pyramids are like around but like people don't they're like undiscovered. Like people oh. like they're like there's a couple of them. But I think there's like some more. Art. Look, the History Channel is just conspiracy theory at this yeah, point. Just crazy so, <laughs> yeah. So are they subterranean? I think some of them may be subterranean. Ah, it's giant subterranean pyramids. Maybe. Nice. No, no, no. Not. Okay. All right. Nice. <laughs> no, these are real. No. Okay. So the name, So these five tribes uh, are going to be the focus of Indian removal for us. Um, and, and a lot of Indian removal is kind of based on the fact or based on the aspersion that Native Americans, when came in contact with white people, did bad. And mm-hmm. they got drunk, and they, and because they just because white culture influenced them, it wasn't like them the taking of the land, the destroying of purpose in life that then led to drinking. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, or, or it, just it, the white it, introduction of the product to begin with. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It was, it was that. It was that they couldn't. They couldn't hang. Like that's what that's what's kind of the Spurgeon cast. Okay. So when you particularly with these southern tribes, all like also on these these southern tribes, particularly with these southern tribes, uh, it's kind of there's a lot of counterpoints that they were doing fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. People said when they uh, the visitor described like the area outside of Orlando when ran by the Seminoles, he was like he was like uh, I am satisfied. No planter in Florida can boast of so good a crop in proportion to the quality of land planted. And that's outside of Orlando, which is throwing, just a trash. Throwing shade on those, trash those Florida planters, you know? <laughs> like, you guys are fucking, yeah, you guys are trash. You guys suck. A British a British uh, visitor said that said of the Cherokee, Chickasaw Creek, and Choctaw in Alabama, Mississippi, he said, like, the Europeans would be surprised to hear that many of these people uh, uh, have large property and slaves and cattle, which they did on slaves. And they, they had, the thing about these five civilized tribes and civilized with quotations around it is that they had adopted mm-hmm. a lot of white ways. They fucking had slaves. They had cattle. They were they were often trading with white people. They would sometimes work for white people. They would lease, them, they would lease out lease out their labor. They were 
buying into like the society around them. They were not, yeah. did they practice everything of that society? No, that, uh, but they were buying into like the economic, yeah. uh, of the, the, the economy of the time. Uh, but soon the economy is not going to include them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and because of fucked up policy. Um, so the North, from my understanding, was more of a mixed bag, was a mixed bag. Whereas there were there was there's some native people who were doing bad and there were some native people who were doing fantastic. And it just all was depending on kind of, you know, the the how the economy worked out for you. Um and this I feel like a lot of the Southern tribes were a product of Jeff Jeffersonian policy, um, which we talked about in the Boo. Okay. Boo, in the Tommy in the Tecumseh. J. Fuck you, Tommy J. <laughs> Boo. Right. We talked about in the uh, Tecumseh Tesquadawa. Uh, episode kind of Jeffersonian policy being like, Hey, we're going to make native Americans just like us and incorporate them into America. We're going to get I, them in, and get them in debt along the way. So they'll give I, us more land. That was, and I feel like, yeah, yeah, I feel like a lot of that comes from like the fact like eight, like war of 1812 type period, like, or before that they had to, they thought they had to do that or they were part more partial to doing that because they had external threats. They had the British, they had, you know, saying the French were over there. Yeah. They had, you know, they had the outside, outside threats. So like, I got, we got to be nicer to these guys than how we really want to treat them down the road. The, 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 the capitalist way of thinking, you're, yeah. you're competing for both a potential market and a potential resource. And, and just for geographical purposes, again, uh, defining these five tribes and their locations, uh, Choctaw and Chickasaw is like Ala- Chickasaw is like Tennessee. Uh, Choctaw is like Mississippi. Chickasaw and let me go. I'll start uh, defining these 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 tribes. Uh, Chickasaw and the Choctaw is Mississippi. Uh, Creek is Alabama. Uh, Cherokee is like Tennessee, Georgia, and North Carolina. And then the fucking Seminoles are down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of defining like the media the media environment of the time. Everything in the South was like all pro Indian removal, but people in the North are like very like anti-Indian removal, uh, anti-Indian removal. Um, and you would have, you have like these large speaking circuits of, of native speakers, um, such as like William Apis, a Pequot, uh, Methodist minister, Elias Boondinot, who's the publisher. Uh, I'm probably fucking up his name. Elias Boondinot. the publisher, publisher of the Cherokee Phoenix newspaper, which is very interesting because that Cherokee Phoenix newspaper is written in the Cherokee language because the Cherokee cool. had fucking developed their, their own language. Yeah. yeah. Own letters, own things. So they, they were dis- distributing a, again, North Georgia. That's there was dope. a fucking own, there was a, the Cherokee had their own language distributing their own newspaper. Fucking, you know what I mean? And had their own constitution. Did, did they have cartoons in the newspaper? I hope so. I, I hope, hope so. so. I want to read I hope those. So. And I and I and I <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> it'd be very funny like if a, they just had their own racial stereotypes of white people yeah. and like white people all had one like they just all had flat asses. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like just like a just a flat back. Yeah. And all, something. They're all churning butter. They're all churning they're all butter churning all the time. Butter. I want to see like a Cherokee Dilbert. You know, that would really I think that would I'd really look, make my life. <laughs> You know, and we were robbed of that because of Indian We were rem- robbed of it because of Indian rem- yep, and the annihilation of a culture. Thanks. So, North, so the North was anti-Indian removal, but let's not let's, let's not get confused in that the, that the North had their own discriminatory laws. Um, Connecticut had a law that uh, indigenous people, uh, indigenous people that held Connecticut had a law that held indigenous people to mor- morality laws. Rhode Island had a 
had a 9 p.m. curfew for all indigenous mm-hmm. people. Uh, Massachusetts just had bodies offered for native heads, which Jesus. is just creepy. Yeah, that's <laughs> in, crazy. In New yeah. York, uh, the Senecas were forbid from from trying and punishing like crimes. Um, so just just like a dry yeah. run for Jim Crow, you know? Yeah, like there's a, the the the, the North is also guilty, and they're guilty for other yeah. reasons that we're also going to get to yeah. get to. Particularly, like, kind of talk about the northern climate at the time. You had, like, a, the New Haven Register. Uh, there's the, uh, they published this article published by this. There was an anonymous author. Uh, and it was, like, these, it was a conversation between friend, two friends. Um, and one friend was, like, Indian removal? And, the, and then the other friend was, like, yeah, it, it, I'm against Indian removal because that's uh, the South is treating those, it, those, those natives so badly. And then... The same friend, the same first friend, brought up the like prospect of there being like a school for colored youth, mm. and then that other friend was like, "Nigger youth in this town," <laughs> <laughs> like so, like. Wait, was this a were, cartoon strip as well? No, was no, this, this the, is no, they, <laughs> they used to just print this in in the New Haven Register. Okay, <laughs> like, right on. Which, first of all, well, they they publisher. printed amateur scripts. They just put, yeah, I don't know. I, I, look, I, I get what you're trying to get at, but like, damn, you couldn't artful this shit up a little bit. Oh, for real. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, but trying to just showing that there was, there was definitely some hypocrisy. Yeah. In the Northern kind of perspective on native relations and race relations. Yeah. At least we're Um, not like those guys when you're. At least we don't own them, but don't have them living in my town. Yeah. I don't want them them (laughs) here. Good God. Yeah. So, and kind of speaking to like a lot of this Indian removal is, and then the trail tips that follows of it, a lot of this comes from economic reasoning. Um, in the North is in the South is going to be slavery. It's just slavery in the North. You, it, it happens in a, mo- a much more piecemeal fashion, kind of based on economic interests of the region. So in Ohio, they wanted to join the Scioto and Sandusky rivers in like the 1820s. Uh-huh. And, through it by way of a canal, therefore connecting the Lake Erie to the Ohio River, and but would by you know, kind of also connecting Lake Erie to the fucking Mississippi River, yeah. and it would all go through fucking Ohio. Mm-hmm. And that was the site of then maybe the then Ohio movie. wouldn't be such a fucking shithole. Right? Yeah, yeah, they would maybe, just go through the, through the and they would have been a town, <laughs> and then yeah. they would have fucking also that kind of decent football because Ohio, Ohio is really good football. Which I don't, I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> but that w- that was the site. That site in Ohio was the site of uh, a- the Indian removal of a community of Seneca, Mohawks, uh, Pineda, and Cayuga indigenous peoples. Which is and crazy to think, because if they're Seneca, they're Iroquois, yeah. and Mohawk yeah. is also Iroquois. And Ohio, we just you know we just talked about it with the Cumson stuff. Is that's like yeah. Miami, Delaware, mm-hmm. Shawnee land, and so they moved those tribes across yeah. the Mississippi, and then these tribes in New York putting them on tribe they, that was also newly settled, you know, it was peace. It, the, the way Prior that, because of, yeah, because of the whole, because of the, all the wars that happened in the North, it was, everything was more piecemeal. It was done in, through these, these wars, mm-hmm. the, the native population, then they're like, had a lot of them had been destroyed. And so they were, they were kind of piecemeal kind of tribes, you know, a collections of tribes. And, they were subject to the same Indian removal, just in a more piecemeal fashion. Yeah. Um, so, kind of, kind of like getting back to the Southern tribes, um, 
and kind of getting the ball rolling on Indian, remo- uh, Indian removal. In 1826, there's the Treaty of Washington, which is the treaty with the U.S. and the Cherokees, uh, U.S. and the Creeks, where they, like, the Creeks seize some land, but are guaranteed the rest of their, ter- the, of their territory. And this is a treaty with the U.S. The Choctaw Cher- uh, and the Chickasaw, they don't even, they don't cede any land. Cherokee just refused to open up negotiations. Right on. And... In the winter of 1826 and 1827, there's a committee that kind of starts meeting between kind of three U.S. senators, John McKinley, uh, Thomas Buck Reed, and Thomas Cobb oh, of Georgia. Yeah. Of Georgia. Two, so Buck Reed is from Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, Buck, and Buck Reed. Is from, of course he's from Mississippi. Buck and, Reed. <laughs> and yep. John McKinley of Alabama. And they're meeting to devise a legal means to move tribes west um, or induct them into the body politics. Have you of, had Buck Reed's uh, uh, barbecue sauce? Have you had his? Before? No, dude. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't just go buy and rent. I do buy random barbecue sauce. I've never. <laughs> I've never. <laughs> but had not it. not Buck Reed. Yeah, I would be questionable of that. I would be questioning. He doesn't actually have one. He just sounds like he should. He's really he sounds like he I believed one. it. <laughs> you know? I believed it. I went. I went right with that bit. I yeah, thought man. you were. So, so they're meeting. They're meeting. They're meeting to kind of collect the legal means to move tribes west or induct them into the body politic. How serious they were about that second one, I don't think so because there's never any there's never any move made for that. Yeah, and in eighteen so after that the that committee meets uh, in eighteen twenty seven. Uh, the Cherokee Constitution is made, making Cher- like the Cherokee. They have a constitution. They got a newspaper. They got a language. Yeah. Um, and soon we'll see. Uh, during the like the like sir the the speculating and surveying of Cherokee land, <laughs> the land in northern Georgia is a was apparently the dopest under the Cherokee because mm-hmm. it's all just these valleys and mountains and stuff. Everybody's got orchards. Everybody's mm-hmm. got smokehouses. The Cherokee are well wealthy people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, after 1827, when Cherokee Catholic Constitution, policy change immediately when Jackson is elected in 1828. And then in 1830, you're going to have the Removal Act. And that's the Indian Removal Act in 1830, which is the law that authorizes the president to uh, negotiate with southern Native American tribes for their removal to federal territory west of the Mississippi in exchange, you know, in exchange for white settlement of their ancestral lands. So, this is the, the, the act... It passes by like four votes, four or five votes in in the House. I think it's like nine. It's something like it passes by a couple of votes in the Senate. And this is the act that kind of gives them the ability to negotiate with Damn, the tribes. Pa- back when you could pass something in the Senate with nine votes. Yeah. That's kind of crazy, wild. man. That's it's like it was 27 to 18, wild I'm pretty sure. I mean, don't quote me on that. But okay. so there's in the Removal Act that's happening. Also, you have a judicial fight. And this is something... Again, Cherokee Nation is going to court. Mm-hmm. You have John Ross, who's the leader of Cherokee Nation, who is a has a slave owner himself, and is fighting this this battle in the court in in the Supreme Court. So, uh, in 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 you know, in 1828, the the Georgia legislature was like starting to restrict like restrict the like the movement of Cherokees. It was also like it was also trying to like auction off Cherokee land and everything. And then the, the Cherokee nation went to court and said, Hey, we want to sue Georgia. Uh, and that's going to be the, that's going to be Cherokee, the, the Cherokee nation versus the state of Georgia. And what happens is when they go and the, the, when they go, the, the, the justice, the Supreme court justice at the time says, Hey, uh, Supreme court, John, uh, sorry, 
So Chief Justice John Marshall wrote that the Cherokee Nation didn't have the grounds to sue because their relationships to the tribes of the United States resembles that of a ward to a guardian. Which basically is how all the tribes are now treated as, from now on. But they're not in as, like the, the good way. In like, no, no, they're not treated as like a good a no. ward to a guardian. So they're treated yeah. like a kid to, a, to an adult. Like the U.S. is the adult. And was, the na- thinking, all the nations are the kids, or you know, you know those, but old like not pe- the kid those, that you love. Yeah, not <laughs> no, not, not at all. But you, you know those like like old people that fall out. They like have no children, and yeah. their wife dies off, and mm-hmm. they have nobody else really around them to take care of them, and so they're just given up as like a ward to the state, and then yeah. they're basically I don't want to say bought, but they come under the influence of of some lady who's already caring about like. 30 different wards yeah. of the state yeah. and she's basically just running like a giant pyramid scheme where she's basically. like oh well I'm your guardian so I know what's in your best interest and what's in your best interest is for you to give me everything you own. Yeah so basically that. That's that's what I am you say ward to its guardian I'm like yeah. oh okay I'm just doing that for kids I'm just thinking Annie Dirty but like money. not but if she doesn't get adopted by a good father yeah, like okay. not by the ball mm-hmm. guy but by like mm-hmm. some, some guy like and just, no tap dancing yeah, no, no tap, tap dancing. No tap dancing because that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, that, uh, Cher- the Cherokee, Cherokee Nation versus Georgia in 1830 is basically how all native tribes, it's the law that governs how all native tribes mm. are treated. Um, and th- uh, another, another justice, Justice uh, William Johnson added that the, the rules of nation, uh, would regard, would regard, wouldn't would regard Indian tribes as nothing more than a wandering horde held together by ties of blood and habit, uh, having neither rules nor government. Uh, what is requ- what is required in a savage state? So he didn't regard them as a nation, and that's the type of stuff that. Or they're, even they're as like, having rules, it's like, damn, bro, you should. Uh, you should really read some shit, you know. Yeah, they have a whole fucking constitution. The whole at this society, point. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of like, fact, they have a whole like, language. They yeah, have everything. Yeah, yeah. so. So the the court held the possibility that, that they might like yet rule in the favor of Cherokee uh, if like if they had a case with the proper priorities and the proper stuff. So in 1830, uh, a, a there's a missionary named Worcester and he has like 11 other missionaries and they're like against they're like they're like for Cherokee sovereignty. There's a rule that that uh, any white person who lives on Cherokee land can't live there. Uh, can't live there unless they have a license from Georgia. That mm. that missionary and those missionaries, they see it as like that's a fucking attack on Cherokee sovereignty. So they just go live in Georgia, go live in the Cherokee Nation anyway. The Georgia arrests them, and then the Cherokee the Cherokee mm. Nation sues Georgia. This sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's gonna be Worcester versus Georgia. Wait, so they live um, on the land or they live with the tribe? They lived it. They lived with the Cherokee. They lived on the Cherokee Nation, okay. and uh, okay. they were just right, they I'm... were living there. But it's an opportunity for the Cherokee Nation to sue Georgia again, yeah, but for Worcester to sue, yeah. sue Georgia. So it's like because they're saying that oh, Georgian laws can't, yeah, can't influence what goes on in the Cherokee. You said Nation. you were inf- you were going to enforce it, but these assholes did it anyway, and you didn't enforce it. No, this, we're not even. T- this is this is what happens when this is where the the Supreme Court basically decides, hey, they have that that Georgia has no rights to mm-hmm. enforce laws on the Cherokee Nation. Okay, and it basically declares them a separate entity. Yeah, and the, the, the Supreme, Supreme Court does this says, "Hey, you're a separate entity. You know, Georgia has no rights here." But that's when uh, this is 1832, so the uh-huh. notification crisis is going on. Yeah, with South Carolina uh-huh. over tariffs. 
tariffs. Tariffs. Tariffs. Tariffs. You can follow that tariff string. Where that tariff Uh string leads to your least flavor. All the way down. (laughs) Chase the money, man. Yeah. So so basically, uh, South Carolina is like, we're going to fucking, they're on this nullification crisis wave. Mm -hmm. And Georgia's like, we're going to also get on this nullification Mm -hmm. crisis wave. Sounds pretty good. You know? Because they're like you, if the U.S. government comes and enforces Cherokee sovereignty, mm-hmm. so in order for in order for Georgia not to go with uh, South Carolina and kind of talk about seceding and doing all this stuff, yeah. Andrew Jackson fucking works his little fucking devil magic. Yeah, does whatever then, he does. Yeah, and then the and then this this Supreme Court ruling that the Cherokee Nation is a sovereign state is never enforced. They just okay. That's yeah. So. That's kind of like the end of the legal kind of like crisis of like of you know, of Indian. Well, there's there's further stuff, but that's kind of like the Supreme Court battle that happens. Yeah, I and was, I was I was gonna say just like before we move on is that the whole yeah. the thing in the the 1830s like nullification crisis with South Carolina and then Indian removal with Georgia. There was a very real threat that a bunch of Southern states because like that was Jackson's whole mindset is like. These two states secede. Yeah. Who knows who else is going to go with them? And so there's a chance that you could have gotten, I don't want to say like the Civil War because we weren't, you know, yeah. we didn't like double or triple our territorial holdings or whatever, yeah. but a Civil War of probably like a smaller scale, but you could have had it in the 30s. There there was, there were rumblings. So, and, and, and it's very important, like also like Georgia... Every time these southern states don't get something they fucking like, I saw like, mm-hmm. a bunch of fucking babies. So I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm out. We're gonna I'm out. Secede. Yeah, we're gonna secede like every we're fucking time." It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous because, especially in this fight, because they're just trying to remove Native Americans mm-hmm. so they can just become Mississippi and Alabama. So you can just <laughs> have the lowest education. So you like, can just underperform on yeah, the like, SAT. That's great. All, that's what worked you want. out really Woo-hoo. well. <laughs> it worked yeah. out really well for you mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Well, so all right. I want to put this, this, uh, what John Ross and the Cherokee nation are doing in comparison to uh, another native leader at the time. It's going to be Blackhawk in like the Illinois, Iowa region. So, yep. you know, he's fighting a war against like, he's fighting a war against the, the, against us people who are trying to, you know, Take his land. There was something about a lead. There was like a lead mine there, and lead it became super popular mm. during his time for weapons yeah. and stuff like that. But he like the 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 settlers wanted the lead mine. Uh, they tried to come back and take the lead mine. It's anyway war breaks out. You got the Black Hawk War, um, and then Abraham so Lincoln fought in the Black Hawk War. Abraham Abraham Lincoln. Yes, Abraham Lincoln does fight in the Black Hawk War. Also, anyway, like long story short, Black Hawk. Gets uh surrenders and you know who who he surrenders to? Who's that? Uh, this is the person who had to take him to jail. Jefferson, uh, Lieutenant Jefferson Davis. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird. Like <laughs> Jeffy weird. D. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Jeffy yeah. D. Yeah. Oh right. Jeffy D. There. Oh Jeffy mm-hmm. D. Um. So Black Hawk fought back the way in the way that most Americans Jeffy D and Buck Reed. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's a lot of, they really, they really had a brand and they stuck in it. I mean, it's lasted like 200 years now. No, they're they're still living that fucking brand. Mm -hmm. Carved it out, you know, good job guys. Black Hawk fought back in a way that most Americans were comfortable with the Tomahawk Mm -hmm. fucking, 
he fought back in a in a violent fashion. Mm-hmm. And it was a way that that's how Americans like to perceive of their Native Americans and like to think like, oh, if they did something different, we wouldn't be if we wouldn't be having this thing. Mm-hmm. But then there's Jeff, then there's there's John Ross doing the exact yeah. thing that that yeah. every American would yeah. think that they would do that they wouldn't do or that they that they should do. And he's he's getting nothing. I'm trying to play by your rules. You're saying I got to exactly. go through the court system. I got to go through all these legal proceedings. I'm trying to do that, and you're still ruling against me on for whatever grounds. It's some bullshit, really. And there's one other thing with the Black Hawk War that's super influential is that Black Hawk War is happening, and it basically there's a uh, <laughs> they they call for reinforcements, and the reinforcements I think are coming from New York, if I'm not mistaken. But also something that's also traveling. From I think India to Afghanistan through Greece through the UK through I think Nova Scotia then down to Quebec City um, and traveling now by Lake Erie with those reinforcements to Chicago uh, is cholera. Mm. So cholera comes from Chicago and then cholera comes all the way down to the, and basically invades the Mississippi. Mm. Yeah. So the whole Mississippi River is just hot of a hotbed of cholera. Okay. Yeah. So. And where and if you're gonna pull people from the east eastern like from the southeast across the Mississippi, they have to at one point cross the Mississippi. Yeah. And they have to cross at a town and they're gonna come into contact with all the cholera. tribes <laughs> west of the Mississippi or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna come in contact with cholera. So so just stating that like cholera has now invaded and that's also gonna be another issue. Now the economic reasons for Indian removal, um, just like the expansion of slavery, <laughs> like, like what else? Let's not, yeah, yeah, like the North had their more piecemeal shit. Like mm-hmm. there was different things going on up there, but the the South in the boat place where it happened um, was the expansion of slavery into this area called the Black. Well, into this like area of Mississippi and Alabama that was the called the the Black Prairie, which is like fertile black soil that's excellent for like many types of agriculture, and it was excellent for large cotton plantations. Like, perfect for it. So this is like, it goes, the Black Prairie, the Delta is there, but like, it also, like, the part of the land that they're really talking about, like, the Delta, Northern Delta, like, basically where, like, blues came from and shit, hmm. and that that's all in Choctaw land. Um, and then... Well, are we talking, like, North Alabama or... North, North Mississippi. Okay. Like, North Mississippi, and then, like, the Black Prairie go, basically goes from, like, Northeastern Mississippi, basically down to the middle of the state then crosses over Alabama okay. and then kind of fades into Georgia. Now the Georgia part was already settled by white people, yeah. but like parts of the Alabama part and then parts basically like 25% of Mississippi was in native hands. 25% of Alabama was in native hands. Mm-hmm. 20% of Georgia was in native hands. And a lot of that land, specifically Mississippi, Alabama was prime cotton plantation land. So, um, um, also, there's a thing going on with the southern plantations. So the, the southern planters are then teaming up with like Wall Street speculators. You know what I mean? Okay. So this is another way that the North is involved in this. Cool. In that <laughs> Wall Street is getting like Wall Street speculators are basically doing two. They're basically funding two streams of capital. They're funding the banks, the bank, the bank, and and then people buy. They would buy. They would take out loans to buy slaves, buy plantations, buy buy tools, buy everything. Plow, seed, all that type of stuff. And then the second thing that the Wall Street speculators are funding, right. they're funding joint stock company stock, stock companies to, first of all, like to to buy up all the indigenous land that the that the uh, that the government it puts up for sale. 
Okay. And they're also and they're also buying up land for people who for Native Americans who some Native Americans didn't they, like they they took the option to just like get their own plot of land in Mississippi and Alabama, and then they're they're sending speculators who are basically hammering these people to sell. Damn. Wait. So, so joint stock being private sector and public sector? No, just public. These are private sector companies. Okay. So, so it kind of it kind of is uh, you know we just got off the Cold War stuff, and this is basically transitioning from like a collectively held lands. Some more collectively held lands, kind of collective held farming communities, especially in the creek communities, to privately owned products that could be sold by these speculative companies and then and then invested in by these fucking planters. And then these planters would then bring their slaves and then these slaves would then fucking work to make cotton. And then 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 they would then they would sell the cotton and then Wall Street would get a piece of every single part. Hmm. Along the of way. That, along their way. Damn. And this is basically how it worked is the surveyors would come. They would they would do the chain shit where they would just say, hey, this is an acre. This is a section. This is a town. This is a township. Yeah. And then, then there would be, then the Indian agent would give you a choice in certain places if you want to stay. Some people had options to stay. If they didn't all, if they, if they left, uh, that land would go up for sale for the people who stayed. Then they would have speculators who would come and either try to buy you out of your land or they buy land from the government. Yeah. And then the settlers would come flip it. Yeah. The settlers would come and you know, they would, they would come into your house. And if you, if you were, or if you hadn't already left, they would literally remove you out of your home. And then if you didn't move past that, mm-hmm. uh, that's when the militia would come. And if you didn't move past that, that's when the, the United States army would show up. Damn. So, kind of getting to the trail of tears and kind of understanding what would happen. What happened? Uh, George Gibson's an important person. He's the first commissary general of like subsistence, and this dude like basically plans out like how they would move Native American tribes from Mississippi and Alabama, Georgia, or wherever to fucking Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and he was super. He's like he was weirdly Nazi-ish about like everything had to be have like he was an administrative guy, so he was like everything had to be double stamped, everything had to be double signed, everything had to be copied, everything had, and then people and, and everything was done on a budget, and so you have these stories of these Native American tribes fucking leaving, getting to like the middle of Arkansas, and they didn't have any food because their food is ran yeah. out. And then they'd be like, and they would, and the then like an Indian agent would like request yeah. for more food, and then the and then the commissary general, this guy George Gibson, would be like, no, nah, we don't do that. Do they no. have the ticket? Yeah, it's basically. Do they have your papers? The trains Can't ran on time. Yeah. The trains ran yeah. on time, dude. The canals it was, it was, ran. The steamboats the, ran. The steamboats ran on time. Yeah. So it's kind of this thing of like they put they usually put them on if if they could take them by steamboat they usually take them by steamboat. They go to some place on the Mississippi, they get off, and then they have to walk from the Mississippi, wherever they departed from, to Oklahoma. And I think some parts, some people went, some people in the north especially went to Kansas. Yeah, that's what happened with Ten Squatawa. Yeah. He's like heading out, I think, in 1826, 1828. One of the, I think 1826. And then they get as, like, the Indian agent, John Johnston. He like didn't plan enough provisions for them. Yeah. And so they get as far as like St. Louis and then they fall under the orbit of uh, Lewis Clark or no, no, no. Um, 
fucking William Clark, who's yeah. like still chilling in St. Louis at this time, and he's like, you know, pretty high up in the the Indian affairs bureaucracy, and so he's having mm-hmm. to arrange for their transport, just basically across Missouri and into Kansas because it just wasn't well planned. Here's, and here's another thing: because of cholera, and of course they're doing this by trial and error. So so people are getting to Mississippi, they're coming in contact with like a cholera outbreak, mm-hmm. and they're fucking people like. People are do- dropping yeah. dead. <laughs> like, and were they were were the well were they wearing their masks? Well, okay. For, I mean, first come of on. All, I don't. I don't think it. So at the time, like there was like a there was like a news article in St. Louis that was just like, hey, you can't catch cholera if you're not leaving a bad life or you're not dark skinned. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> like, like, so like, I don't really. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, they're not exactly fucking scientific over here. So, so. Okay, cool. There's another thing that happens with cholera. It's just fucked because they, okay, they start to realize, oh, yeah, cholera is a fucking thing and we got to fucking watch out for this. Yeah. Um, and they, they know that cholera is less, like, ten, turns to die, to, uh, dies out in the winter. Mm-hmm. So they start travel, making people travel in wintertime. Shit, man. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Is, That's crazy. So they make, so like, they go, they make people get to the Mississippi. They, they they put them on these steamboats. Native Americans like fucking like it's they've you know the people like that commune like nature is very uh-huh. and yeah, understanding spiritual. of that yeah. Yeah, yeah now you put them on a steamboat you fucking sh- in like a in a, a floating prison this big roaring machine yeah and then have them trek through Arkansas or Missouri in the fucking snow <laughs> and the, and people are still getting cholera anyway <laughs> like. And then and, the white uh, people are, what's taking you so long? And like, literally, they yeah. would, the Indian agents would be like, yo, what's taking so long? They're so lazy. It's like, what's like, what are you? it's like, it's like, <laughs> and then you would get to Oklahoma and you would realize, oh shit, this is a barren fucking wasteland of <laughs> bullshit. And that, and that is the trail of tears. <laughs> so just to kind of talk about like the individual tribes experience, um, the Choctaw uh, on September 27th, 1830, signed the Treaty of Dancing Rabbit and by concession became the first American Native American tribe removed. Uh, when they reached Little Rock, um, they're the people who, who termed it a trail of tears. Because when they reached Little Rock, Little Rock, a Choctaw chief referred to the trek as a trail of tears and death. And that name would go on to inspire a young nine-year-old boy to draw a picture of the Trail of Tears in crayon and and ruin and and just and just ruin a people's a people's memory. <laughs> it's not good. Just ruin it. <laughs> it so was not good. <laughs> one thing I like to talk about was is the Choctaw experience, particularly, and kind of talk about the wider experience of Native Americans. They would have like they would have these Indian agents like William Ward, who was a drunk, who was responsible for taking down if families wanted to remain and become citizens of Mississippi, and a bunch of people did. Like it was like hundreds of people did, but he only like turned in like a hundred or hundred and so like different claims Mm -hmm. because he would just be drunk and lose it or he'd scribble down a piece of paper and just throw it away. And he, so people thought that they had their claim. Not a Gibson guy. Not a Gibson guy. Not a, well, I don't think a Gibson guy is better. He's not crossing his teeth. But people didn't care. There's like, there's nobody that's a fucking proponent for Native Americans. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? So a lot of these families they have claims, and but they don't realize 
their their claims don't matter because the, the, the dude didn't write them down and he didn't take them. He didn't take them back and he didn't he didn't register them. So their land is salt. Their land is is bought and sold. And then people will show up and be like, "Hey, this is my land now." Yeah. And there's a lot of stories of like native native peoples being in fucking their homes and just are like going on hunts and they're coming back and white people are just living in their homes. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, what? And they're just like, wait, oh, da, 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 da. like I got, I got this is my land. This is like old miss. So they're fucking, you know what I mean? Or wait, like, so you, so you leave, you, you're yeah. a native person and you leave yeah. to go on a uh-huh. hunt to go yeah. kill some elk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, your ca- and then some white people stumble across your cabin who already planned to like build their own, but they're like, yeah. why do we have to build one now? This one's already here. It's already fully furnished. It's yeah. got uh, provisions for the winter. Yes. It's got plenty of timber for yes. fires and everything. Let's just live here. And then, and the native people come back and be like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? There's a, there's a, there's a like, there's like a bunch of horror stories just about like, uh, uh, like there, there was like old, like native Americans would just like be living, on in a house and some uh, like a white person would just show up and be like okay this is my land and they just wouldn't leave and then they like the white people white person would like take apart their house panel by panel (laughs) just like tearing it down there's a story about a guy um who just started building a fence around this native american's uh lady's house um it's 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 yeah, I've heard I've heard stories like that with the fence around the home. Like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? So, you know, and it's it is it's not just that that happens like a large part in the Choctaw kind of nation because of William Ward, um, but that's happening all over. Yeah, and that like, yeah, you have a claim, but your claim didn't get registered, and yeah, you have a claim, but fucking guess what? Uh, I didn't write it down, and I'm working with the speculators, and now. Fucking! I just sold your claim over here. William Ward was also and I, and I was also shit faced when you told me, so mm-hmm. I kind of don't remember. And he's also working with other people to sell off your cattle. Mm-hmm. He's working with other. It's, it's it's they. A lot of the people who were Indian agents were scammers. It sounds like and, it. And they were just trying to make money off of you. Yeah. And do their little job so they get paid for that. Um, Alex, you know, you know Alexis de, de Tocqueville. Yeah. In 1831, he, like, was in Memphis, and he, like, ran across a group of, like, exhausted Choctaws coming out of the woods, and he wrote, uh, uh, in the whole scene, there was an air of ruin and destruction, something which betrayed a final and irrevocable ado. One couldn't watch without feeling one's heart wrung. You know what I mean? Uh The Indians were tranquil, but somehow somber and, and and taciturn. There was one... Who could who could speak English and of whom I asked why the Choctaws were leaving the country and he said to be free. Hmm. So, so you have so, so it happens to Choctaws first. Uh, the Creek, next tribe, uh, following Indian Removal Act uh, in 1832, the Creek Nation uh, signed the Treaty of Cusetta, and they accepted relocation to Indian territory. Uh, most of the Creek were removed. To Indian territory, but some stayed stayed around. Uh, removed during the, the the Trail of Tears in 1834. And one thing that happened, like when some of them didn't move, is like this is the part of the militias coming in. The militias like rounded up Creeks and marched them out of town, like at bayonet. Damn. So like the Chickasaw 
you know, unlike other tribes who had like a exchange who exchanged land grants, the Chickasaw were received mostly like financial compensation, like three million from the United States for their land, uh, east of the Mississippi River. Um, most of the Chickasaw moved in 1837 and 1838. Hmm. Um, the $3 million that U.S. owed the Chickasaw went unpaid for like nearly 30 years. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> so like, it's, it's, where it's were not, you on that, Martin Van Buren? It's not guaranteed that yeah. they'll just be like, oh, yeah, we're going to pay you. And then they'll never yeah. fucking pay you. Yeah. <laughs> like, so the Seminole are mm-hmm. a different type of case. They were asked to remove. Um, some of them did remove. Um, there was a, there was a, there was a, there was a leader who was like, I think he was, a, uh, there was a leader who was like, yeah, we should remove. And I think fucking, uh, oh, this is where Osceola comes in. Yeah. I think Osceola had him killed or some Osceola. shit. Osceola. So Osceola starts wearing, waging his like guerrilla war. Yep. And fucking, in fucking the whole of Florida from my understanding. Yeah. He's going all the way up and down that bitch. It was, it would, in the, the Seminoles. Also, and this is another thing about like all these Native American tribes. They have like black people in these tribes. Mm-hmm. The tribes are like, they have a very, they have like a matrilineal society. That means yep. like the line goes through their mother. Um, and also like the race component was not as big of a deal to Native Americans. Did Native Americans have slaves? Yes. But they also had weird, they had marriages where with, with African Americans, mm-hmm. freed slaves. And particularly in the Seminole Nation, you have like, the Seminoles and and escaped African Americans, yep. like fighting against their fighting against removal. Yeah, and we're going to talk re- about it a, a little bit next week. Oh, okay, a little right. bit next week. Yeah. So this war would uh, result in over fifteen hundred U.S. deaths and cost the government cost the U.S. government over twenty million dollars. Jesus. Um, so, like some Seminoles traveled deeper into the like into the Everglades and they are so they they can be called like the only Native American tribe that like never hmm. removed. Wow. So um and so this this the they call that so this is gonna be called the second Seminole War. Um I when I read about it, it's like Vietnam in the eighteen thirties and forties. It's just all these like people who are like volunteers of like state militias and US servicemen who US army people who went down there uh-huh. and then the the there's no they're not the the Seminoles aren't doing like tactics like like uh conventional army tactics they're like sharpshooting and then disappearing mm-hmm. into like these swamps yeah. and these forests and fucking and they like have like like one out of every four troops that died one for every one troop that died from like actual s- contact with the Seminoles mm-hmm. four troops died from malaria damn so okay. it's like yeah, it's just people sense. just sitting around drinking worried yeah. about getting shot by fucking sharpshooter and uh-huh. going on like little patrols to find bands of people on capture and kill million missions and, and doing a bunch of LSD, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck it's it's fucking <laughs> it's eighteen thirty. It's fucking Florida. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's a shit show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got fucking people from like Tennessee who are now in like a fucking a tropical climate yeah, running around like, in the fucking swamps. Sucks, yeah. Fucking in fucking weight in fucking chest level water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the Dade Massacre. Holding their, their weapons above the yeah. water because they don't want to get their powder wet and everything. Yeah. 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 Makes yeah. a lot of, yeah. So the Dade Massacre, in which uh, 180 Seminoles uh, ambushed 110 U.S. troops and killed 108. And I think one guy made it back or like two guys made it back or something like that. Um, that's why Miami is in Dade County, named after Francis Dade, the lieutenant. Oh. 
that led this. Uh, I know. I know. That that's led, for me. That conducted a massacre. Nah, the, no, the one that the one that got killed in the massacre. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. He's named. It's named after him because he fucking. Uh, let's put it this way, man. You get a look. You get killed in the massacre. You get a county you named a after county. you. That's where all the, the cocaine's least done. least we can give you. Yeah, where you, a bunch you, of cocaine. Where all the cocaine's done. Miami, <laughs> you get off the plane. Where it ships out, you know. Miami-Dade, you get off the plane. They say, mm-hmm. hey, you want cocaine. Like, you, this comes, it like, comes like bread, mm-hmm. like an appetizer. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, hey, I don't want this cocaine. They're like, what, do you, yeah, you have to, you have to pay, pay too much for it in the, in the airport bar, you know? Yeah, it's wild. Overcharge <laughs> on everything. One thing I am curious about is, like, why is Miami... These, I think it's the southernmost tip, if not one of the most southernmost tips of the United States, named Miami, when the actual tribe, I'm pretty sure, was nowhere near Florida. Hey, 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 big dog, we're doing Dade County right now. We're also, Miami that. was named, it was named Fort Dallas. So, makes no sense. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, like there was a Fort Dallas. That Fort Dallas. Like, <laughs> no, it makes no sense. And I, and I did not look it up, because I do not care. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> like, know, man. I'm, I'm good. So, if we go through, like... Um, just kind of going through like just the numbers of of people killed of, of people deaths during removal of the Choctaw uh, 12, uh, 12,500 forcibly immigrated to Indian Territory to the 4,000 deaths um, the Creek 20, uh, like 2,400 people including slaves um, forcibly, forcibly removed um, 3,500 deaths uh, a lot of that doing with disease after removal. Um, the Chickasaw is going to be like six thousand, including slaves, um, and that's going to be that's going to be five to eight hundred deaths. The Cherokee, uh, twenty almost twenty two hundred, including slaves, um, and that's going to be about this will be about two to eight that two thousand to eight thousand deaths. I think it's closer to that eight thousand range, just because they had the longest journey to go through. With the Cherokee. Uh, the Cherokee, yeah. yeah. And then Seminoles, um, forcibly removed 5,000 uh, plus fugitive slaves. And that's and the, the Cherokee is mostly, they don't like have, like their deaths to removal, um, they had a good amount of people die. It, it's, not, it's not notated here, but there were 700 that died in the, the Second Seminole War. Right. So when we, the Cherokee I left for last, just because the Cherokee removal if you look at the economic reasons, it doesn't make any sense. Cause the because the land sucks. Yeah, the land sucks. It's not in the it's not the Black Prairie. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. It's it's if you look at the wealth of the region, like they had a bunch of like they lived well, but they didn't really make any fucking thing that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Some people are gonna say it's because of gold. If you go on Wikipedia, that's what they're gonna say. Yeah. But by the time that the Cherokee removal happened in eighteen thirty eight. It was already mined. It was it was already mined. Mm. So, mm. yeah, that makes sense. Maybe so they thought there were oh maybe there's more you know or something like that. I don't know. So the treaty I thought the the treaty of uh, of New Dakota was negotiated and signed by a small fraction of the Cherokee like tribal membership, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Elias Boudinot or yeah, is one of them, and he's like hated at the Cherokee. The Cherokee hate him because. John Ross is like, we didn't, I'm not trying to sign this shit. Yeah. And people, and he tried to, he tried to, he fought that, he fought, he fought its kind of enforcement and they ended up enforcing it. The U.S. Army went in and some Cherokees scattered into 
um, North Carolina in the mountains. And they're technically the only like part of the Cherokee nation that's east of the Mississippi still. Hmm. Um, and it's a small like part of like, I think it's near Asheville. I think it's like all, all up in there. Um, but why was the Cherokee land so wanted? The gold doesn't really make any sense. Um, and it, and it, and it's not good land. The orchards and prosperity, like, I, like, you gonna sell peaches? Like, nigga, what? Make some preserves? I don't know. So, they're saying the Claudio Sant and Unworthy Republic, which is the book that I kind of got a lot of my stuff from on this, on this, uh, for this episode. Um, Claudio Sant, um, I think he's a professor at the University of Georgia, speculates basically this kind of shows that the economic reasoning, yeah, that's the, those things are there, but a lot of this is about white supremacy mm-hmm. that they can't that the, the at the time they like a lot of the complaints with the Cherokee nation in particular was that white women have to travel through that area or uh, I would they're unjust mm-hmm. and like if mm-hmm. my laws what happens if a white man has to go to court in the Cherokee nation and like and which makes me which makes no sense because the mm-hmm. Cherokee nation isn't different from like North Carolina yeah. they have different laws Tennessee has different yeah, laws yeah but Having this brown people mm-hmm. with their own nation is a threat to the the white supremacy kind of doctrine. Yeah, you know, you're not concerned about the justice for people because you have a slave mm-hmm. that you beat the shit out of if yeah. he doesn't do something right. There's it no justice for that person. Closely tied into the notion of yeah. white supremacy is that of manifest destiny. Yeah, and this is I I think it's coined not until. I think 1848, 1840, mm-hmm. the 1840s. But the idea is always there that we are the anointed nation and we are going to expand and we're expanding into Ohio and Indiana and Wisconsin and Minnesota. And we're also expanding into Mississippi and Alabama. Mm-hmm. And what are we, are we just going to leave tennis? Are we just going to leave this one little pocket that we're not going to touch when everything around it, we're also taking like, I think, I think we talked about off off air or camera tape last week about like did they did they know that they were going to continue to take land or did they know when they set up these treaties did they really believe the treaties or not believe the treaties? I think it doesn't matter if they believe the treaties or not. The doctrine of white supremacy was in lie that there could be no nation of a completely sovereign people. Yeah. around no. because it's a threat to that ideology mm-hmm. like you know what i mean it's just it, it there's no difference between the cherokee nation technically and like a north carolina <laughs> yeah or or yeah. could be or you could be instead of so if if, if you respected these people's ability to exist or right to exist then why not incorporate them as a state it, that's what i was about to say too that you could you could do that you, they could petition for admission into the union and you could accept but but that was the, your concern but, but yeah. specifically with the Cherokee Nation, they play in place that did everything that they wanted them to do right: constitution, own language, mm-hmm. newspaper. When you go through the role of like the the speculators who came, the surveyors who came and said, "Oh, what's going on with this land?" or like, "How what what's on this land?" They were they just they just would they were just marking down for every valley they went to, peach orchards, apple orchards, smokehouses, like just mm-hmm. incredible wealth and prosperity. Yeah. They didn't. They 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 still wanted to get rid of them and remove them. 
completely from the land. So, uh, uh, yeah. Um, also, just kind of some numbers on like the immense wealth. Also, that there's a guy, there's a guy, when I talk about the Wall Street stuff, there's a guy named J.D. Beers. And he was like a guy that was heavily involved in like uh, the speculation with as far as Wall Street with the New York and Mississippi Land Company. Um, his name shows up, and this is like Wall Street shit. His name shows up in fucking in all over that slavery shit. It shows up all over speculative speculation in fucking Florida and Seminole lands. It also shows up in Cherokee gold mines. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's the ability of also like it's JD not just the beers. Yeah, it's just not the evilness of like of the government it's the, it's also business intermingles with that shit yeah, yeah. and white supremacy big business like, yep. like you mm-hmm. said before fucking linguine and clam sauce linguine <laughs> and clam sauce just a perfect pairing you know so of the so some numbers of the deported land in 1850 uh all the deported lands they produced 160 million pounds of gin cotton Damn. um 16 percent of the entire u.s crop um, native lands uh, that were stolen uh, in Mississippi and Alabama produced 40% of Mississippi and Alabama's agricultural output. Okay. And in 1850, uh, Alabama and Mississippi also had 236,000 enslaved people. Um, according to Cla- Claudio Sant, uh, the guy who, uh, I'm from Underworthy Nation, the guy who wrote the book, um, in the Chickasaw Nation, like, from national sales and individual allotments, the losses, like in terms of like, of mm. uh, what they sold and what and, and what was sold by speculators, mm-hmm. like uh, from speculators in the government, uh, the Chickasaw Nation, um, it was seven to just the Chickasaw Nation, seven to ten million. During that time, in today's money, for every deported family, they would be owed, they would be owed a hundred seventeen thousand. To one million dollars, depending based on your based on the wealth that it produced after it was sold. Yeah, no, based on the based on the, just the speculation. Oh sh- Oh god. Because <laughs> and here's the thing, and I, and and again, I'm I'm, I'm missing I'm missing a little a little nugget here, and if you want to get interested in the subject, you should. Um, they sold that land. They got the land from Native Americans. They 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 sold the land to speculators for like a dollar fifty six, dollar twenty five per acre. Shit. Then those speculators turned around and sold it for thirty to forty thirty to forty dollars per yeah. acre. What else? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, and just kind of like the lasting like legacy of of Indian removal, the Trail of Tears. There's also like was were we the first ones to do it? There was I think I think the Russians were like execute exterminating Jews in Poland around this time or some yeah. shit like that. Um, I think there's, I think there's, there's just like some ancient deportations. Probably, stuff. I can't yeah. think of an example, but I'm sure but, there is one. But the links to like some, you know, the one that you, that we're all thinking about mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. is, you know, Hitler said, you know, Adolf himself said, yeah. the Volga in Russia, the Volga must be our Mississippi. In okay. in direct comparison to the removal of Native Americans from the southeast United States. And do we know he was talking about the removal? The Maybe Volga must be to... our Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else you can. <laughs> yeah, really... I don't know what else. What, what else? are you fucking? No, the Volga must be where we invent blues. Like, <laughs> like, 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 what are you? What are you this, about? this is the best schnitzel restaurant this yeah. side of the Volga. 
All um, right. That okay. Just doesn't have the doesn't, same. Doesn't make any ring. sense. It can't doesn't, be yeah, no. anything. <laughs> anything okay. else. Well, and you know that you know that is the painful history of the Indian removal, um, and part you know of the Trail of Tears. Mm-hmm. Um, those Trail of Tears stories are sad. It's a lot of people marching through snow to get to Oklahoma. I mean, God. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, some of Oklahoma is nice, but really. Like, I mean, they, had, they have uh, medical weed there, but honestly, they need it if you're living there. Am I right? And, and honestly, there's real uh, kind of, because uh, those lands in Oklahoma that they get, in 1887, they, they disintegrate the, the nations, the, yeah. the different nations. And then those lands become private lands. Um, and then, then they're open to speculating okay, speculators cool, cool. Right on. who then come in you, and do the same your fucking boy, shit. Your boy, J.D. Beers, coming back, you know, <laughs> coming back hot, all right? J.D. Beers. I'm J.D. Beers, and I'm here to stay. Oh, he, like, owned, like, somewhere. He owned, he, like, owned, like, different properties in New York. But I think one of the properties he owned was the spot that is now, I think, 30 Rockefeller. Oh, like, cool. like, right on. Like, but he's like not like he, it's so long ago that a lot of these companies died out, went away. I was trying to find that link to somebody rich today so I can fucking mm. point to him. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. But all right, guys, that's been Indian removal. Uh, I hope you know. Hope you you learned something. Hope you will be fascinated. Hope it inspires you to go look up more stuff. Uh, Henry, who do we have next week? Next week we're looking at a very interesting figure. We're looking at James P. Beckworth, who was a manumitted enslaved person who went on to become one of the most notable mountain men there is, and you don't hear shit about him compared to, you know, how much you hear about, like, Jim Bridger, and who's the other fucking guy? Did he live in a bear? He, Did he, he live in a... He didn't live inside one. I'm sure uh, he I'm says sure that he killed, he killed a few... He, yeah, yeah. Beckworth, he's pretty Beckworth. cool. I'm excited for Beckworth. him. Beckworth. Beckworth. Backwards. Okay. Um, you guys can find us on social media at Hard Fried History on Instagram, Hard Fried History on Facebook, HFH Podcast on Twitter, uh, Hard Fried History on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We're around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys can find me at Joshua B. Stokes on Instagram and Twitter, mm-hmm. and Joshua Stokes on Facebook. Henry, where can they find I'm you? I'm Henry E. Price on Instagram. Just Henry Price on Facebook. Say what's up. Okay, man. I want to thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. All right. Peace, guys. Mm-hmm.